At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Follow the money. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on v Welcome in. It is Follow the Money here on v the sports betting network. Mitch Moss, Polly Howard. We're live in downtown Las Vegas from the Circa Resort and Casino. Uh, this is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, whenever he can make his way to Las Vegas, it's a pleasure and an honor to have him in studio Adam Chernoff joins the program now. He's been coming on the show for uh, well, several years now throughout the NFL season. And he's in studio this week for Bet Bash and to do a little golfing as well, man. How are you? I'm doing well. Good to have back in studio at least. But I'm curious, nobody in your life has ever called you Chief? That's never happened? All the time. Oh, yeah, for sure. I don't have a problem with I've it never had that happen. Oh, the, but like, does it, you, yeah. You're Chief? downplaying it. Does it feel bad on the other side? <laughs> I, don't, see, I don't mind that one. You don't mind Chief. I'm okay with that one. I really am. But some like we got we forgot to have boy on the list. Boy is pretty degrading. I don't think I've ever got a boy. Well, let me tell you something. We have a new number one. Slugger's pretty good. Uh, Slugger. You want to talk about (laughs) Nobody's ever used that ever. Slugger. Where does that happen? That's that's bad. If you're if you're over ten years old and someone calls you slugger. If you're getting slugger, yeah, if you're getting slugger more than ten, you're in trouble. Well, what what would you call your friends when you were growing (laughs) up? Like how would you guys bust each other's chops? I mean, today what do you do? How do you call you know, whatever? Well, today almost anything's offensive. So it's Uh, yeah, you're right. right. A lot of lines here. But yeah, no, it's I've never got a champ. I've never got a chief. What? And I heard you guys saying that. Never I'm like, got a champ or chief? No. I get and, that daily. Uh, daily? Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's I've surprising. Got, I, I haven't got those two. Maybe this week. Now that people have heard it, I'm going to get it all the time. No, Nobody's ever that. called you Slick or Ace or Cowboy? No. No? Okay. <laughs> Bud? You got a lot of buds. Pal. Yeah. A lot of buds, a lot of pals. Okay. Never... Never champ or slugger. Okay, so slugger's a good one. You're you're going to be in studio here for a big chunk of uh, the show for the rest of the show today, and uh, you have your projected win totals. We go for power ratings as well. Maybe we can see if we can find a bet that's still available on the board. Why don't we we begin in the AFC East, where based on your power your uh, win totals anyway, you still have the Bills power rated as the best team in this uh, division. Bills number one. I think that's that's an easy one to make in the AFC East. Um, you've got Josh Allen, best quarterback in the AFC East. 
You have McDermott going back to the defensive side of the ball. So you're going to have a lot more aggression from him on that side. They kind of, Leslie Frazier, let's get out of here. That's going to be a big change for Buffalo. And they're also making this offensive shift going from this three wide receiver set, everything deep downfield, multiple tight ends. You guys mentioned Kincaid and all the love he's getting for mm -hmm. rookie of the year. Not buying that, but he's going to sort of switch this offense quite a bit. So love Buffalo is number one at the top for sure. And then would you call the Dolphins and the Jets like razor thin, or is there some separation here between these two teams? Very, very thin between the two for sure. Um, I would be lower a bit on the Jets just because I think with the regi regime change, you have the play caller change. I don't buy into the, the Hackett seamless transition as a play caller specifically. Um, so that's going to be a little bit problematic, I think. Dolphins can to stay healthy. That's the big one all right. season long for them. Unfortunately, Jalen Ramsey goes down. Everything with Vic Fangio, guys, I'm, if everything works for Fangio, that defense could be so good uh, compared to what they've had with this Flores system. It's going to be so different in how they play coverage. Flores just gambled so much. And even last year in like the carryover from his departure, he wasn't there last year, but they still played that same scheme. Fangio is all the great defensive coordinators in the league copy what the Fangio scheme does. If he gets that to work in Miami on the other side of McDaniel, that could be scary. You're, you're a Jets fan. If Tua goes down, how confident are you with Mike White that they could still, the Dolphins could be okay? And Mike White's interesting in that offense because as we saw with the Jets in that stretch where he was almost getting killed because he was hit so many times in the pocket, he's such a willing downfield passer that you think about all that speed that they have might be really interesting. He certainly doesn't have the accuracy of Tua, and he certainly doesn't have like the short passing confidence that Tua can have within this offense. But if you kind of combine his deep ball willingness with that speed, that could be really interesting. I'm certainly not making the case that he's better than Tua, but mm -hmm. I mean, that's that's an interesting backup for sure. As a lifelong fan of the Jets, like Paulie just said, though, how much does that factor into you being a little... Um tepid this year going in with the Jets and saying, look, I've been here before. I've gone down this path. I followed his team since I was five years old. I know how yeah. this is going to end. Not as much this year because the quarterback situation is so different. For the last 15 years, it's been a question of like, how do you balance the optimism around the hype in the offseason for whoever they've trotted out there versus like what's realistic. Now they have Rodgers. I think he's going to be very competent on the field. Old, but he's gonna he's gonna be the best option we've had since. I mean, you gotta go back 15 years. Oh, at oh least. yeah, oh yeah, yeah. So full confidence in that. But I I just I really am curious to see what Hackett can do from a play caller by himself because in Green Bay he had Lafleur as that sort of safety net, calling the plays, managing situationally. Yep. Even the Hall of Fame game, guys, it was. The Jets at like the 30, 35 with two and a half minutes to play. They wasted 65 seconds trying to get a yard and a half. Mm -hmm. it was second and one, they ended up picking it up. But you're seeing all the delay of games in the Hall of Fame. It's everything Hackett had issues with in Denver. They were counting down the play clock for him. And now you have Wilson, who is experienced. You have Boyle, who's not a rookie in that game operating. And they still have problems. And so it's is that sort of foreshadowing what's to come he was a disaster last year in Denver that worries me a lot and it's not just why well, he was great with Rodgers in Green Bay because LaFleur isn't there anymore and that's what worries me okay humans just talked about it got to be a big upgrade here you at least get O'Brien and his OC with this Patricia Judge re 
uh, what would happen. And Jones did not play well either, though. So what's what happens at quarterback this year, and what do you expect out of the Patriots? So nothing in camp has been great aside from one day where they were like, Mac Jones looked good today. Every yeah. other day it's defense wins the day, uh-huh. offense struggles in the red zone. So you, like, you want to want to kind of taper those camp reports just because they, there's so much familiarity. Zappi is certainly going to challenge Jones for the starting spot, just like he did a year ago. Um, we have Jones under for the passing yards prop. We sent that out. We bet it because we think there's a decent chance that he gets benched at some point during the season, mm. misses time. Um, and so I think that's going to be a continuous battle. What makes this a lot worse too, this Patriots schedule, my God, every single week, it is just playoff contender after playoff contender mm-hmm. after playoff contender. And so you think about UFC coming in, you have quarterback uncertainty, you have skill position uncertainty, offensive line, not nearly as good as it has been in years past. And it's like all of these things sort of on top of each other with the schedule could be, could be tough. Now with O'Brien, we'll see. I mean, Houston with Watson, with the good version of some of these Fuller and Cooks. I mean, some of those offenses at times were really, really rocky. So does he get the same on the Mac Jones? We'll see. But it's, it's certainly an upgrade from whatever they had out there last year with the Judge Patricia mess. So, yes. so we'll see. Follow the money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Adam Chernoff with us here in studio. You can follow him on Twitter. He's at Adam Chernoff in the AFC North. I know that uh, you're very high on Joe Burrow this year. Um, the Bengals team has been awesome over the past couple of years, and then he goes down with the calf. What is your level of concern with Burrow at this point? I, it's tough. It's a tough thing to answer. I get that, but I mean, you hear Chase come out and say, "Just take you know, take some time off here." Yeah, that was quite the comment. And I think maybe it shows how confident this team is altogether with all the pieces they have. What really hurts Burrow is he's never had the full offseason or training camp, which is hard to believe. So every year he's had something come up. And this was going to be the year OTAs. He was talking about how great it was to be together and have everything go to plan and be able to sort of ease into it. Training camp was ramping up, then he gets it. So we don't know how long it's going to be. They said several weeks what does several mean? Mm-hmm. This is such a good team on both sides of the ball. They have just one weakness, and that's at safety. Otherwise, it's stacked all the way through. So if Burrow's there week one, this is the best team in the North. If he's not, this is uh, as big of a downgrade as you're going to see in the league. How about Chase? I take a month off. He says. Honestly. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> and so it's either confidence or it's yeah. just, uh, yeah. I don't okay. know. But there's the one thing I will say from that comment First six weeks for the Bengals, they're going to be favorites in all six. They're very winnable games. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we'll see how long that injury keeps them out. But if there's going to be a time to miss within the schedule, it's early on. Are we, uh, what do you we think? I, I was high on the Ravens, just like you were, and, and getting Monken as the OC, but apparently the offense is struggling in practices. What do you make of the uh, comment about calling the plays with Lamar, what Monken said? Yeah, so Monken wants Lamar to be able to memorize everything, not work off the wristband so they can communicate at the line of scrimmage, and he just knows the offense. Now, that's not something Lamar has necessarily ever done in his career, so it's a pretty big switch for him. And he's also been talking about, in quotes recently, how his offseason has been focused on calling the game at the line of scrimmage, which is also different for him, too. He's also talking about passing for 6,000 yards, which ridiculous number, but it's not something that usually you hear from Lamar Jackson with those numbers regarding passing. So everything's different for the Ravens. It's understandable why it's been a little bit rocky so far. 
You have the offensive line blocking change. You have the entire offensive scheme change with Munkin versus Roman. And it's just, it's going to look a lot different. I think it's going to take time. Um, still very high in the Ravens is the clear number two within this division. But there's a little bit of delay within that. I think it's certainly feasible to see why with so many changes. Good enough to win the Super Bowl, in your opinion? Definitely a contender. Yeah. Yep. Along, so you don't think the Browns are, are uh, like a serious threat in this division and the Steelers, based on your projected win total as well at 8.35, maybe a playoff team either. Yeah, so the Browns and Steelers right around eight and a half wins each. I have the specifics. Browns slightly higher than the Steelers. The Browns, I like, it was a question posed to me, who's the worst team in this division? The answer I keep coming up with is the Steelers' offensive play caller is uncertain. Everyone just gives them the pass because of Tomlin. Mm-hmm. But my concern, too, with Cleveland is what do we get from Deshaun Watson? Yeah. Like, I don't think it's a guarantee he's going to be the guy we saw a couple years ago. Last year in those final games of the season, he just looked awful. So let's see. Follow the money here on VEASAN. The Sports Betting Network will continue with Adam Chernoff. Uh, Dynamite on the NFL will continue with uh, the AFC. The other two divisions could both of these teams run away and hide. We'll ask them that coming up next here on Vison. At Bed three six five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future. Like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of MoviePhone. The studios didn't really control the theaters. The theaters didn't control the studios. And I thought, well, there's a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the industry. Or Kellen Kenny, Chief Marketing and Growth Officer at AT&T, who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar. It is so crucial that you spend time with the customers. That is the best lesson. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. This is Follow the Money on VSEN. Become a VSEN Pro subscriber today. Get a daily email recapping all the best bets from every host and guest. 
Unlimited access to the vcin.com slash picks page. Sort by sport, matchup, date, and more. View the leaderboard, who has the hot hand. Pro picks, betting splits, power ratings, dog videos. Become a vcin Pro subscriber today. Final weekend to sign up at the lowest price of the summer. $19. vcin.com slash subscribe. We continue on here with Adam Chernoff. Uh, great on the NFL. Are you still living in uh, Calgary in the area? It's... It's in limbo. I think mom's watching, so she's going to be a little bit concerned to hear it's still in limbo. But um, we're still out there just by the Banff-Canmore area. Been there for a little while. Uh, got to spend some California time in the winter. How'd which, the, how'd the yeah, training did. go? Didn't she do the yoga training or something for like a month? She went to Indonesia for a month. The <laughs> wife, yeah. Just And so I was playing. <laughs> oh, God. We had most of June off, and so it was yeah. nightly, nightly golf and working on the short game, and she was... Out in Indonesia, we'd do the FaceTime at ten when she was getting up. I was going to bed on the putting green, and damn, it was a good, it was a really good June, no question. Hell about of a marriage. You, <laughs> you you can be on the putting green in that part of the world until what time in late June, early July? Oh, the sunlight. Sun, sun sets at ten thirty, eleven easily, yeah. and so the, June golf in Western Canada is a treat. Now the other nine months of the year, not so much, but. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, June golf in Western Canada is the place to be because you can you can tee off at five and you can finish around five a.m. and you can finish around ten fifteen ten thirty p.m. Damn. So it's, it's well, it's a good month to be there. Yeah, so no if kidding. you can if you can get to California, obviously the weather change in and out burger. What would you be? How would you plan with the food scenario in California too? I mean, that's well, a game changer. Although, oh, we I mean the healthiest month of eating I've ever had was probably February. We went post Super Bowl. We were there for two months. I mean, not the even with the fast food intake obviously increasing being down here, but I mean we were farmers market, all the fresh stuff. Yeah. I mean it was it was a very good couple months there. So right. if I had the choice it would be there, but the Canadian passport is kind of a hold up. What's right. the big place there? Tim Hortons? What's it called? Tim Hortons. What is, what grade do you give Tim Hortons? Are we doing like the the one to fifty style? No, you don't have to go like it, that. It's not cracking the top fifty. They oh. they used to be a gem like ten years ago. They got bought out, and now they're trying to do pizza. They're trying to do all these wraps. Coffee's amazing. You go beyond that, you're wading into That's scary territory. They've added too much to the menu. Yeah, yeah. yeah. went went too far. Okay, so AFC West, AFC South here. Chiefs, Jags. Do they both run away? from the other teams in their divisions? Chiefs absolutely have the chance to do it, but the clock is really starting to get ticking on Chris Jones. This could mm. be, if he comes back, not could be, will be, the best defense Patrick Mahomes has ever had. The best defense he's ever had from an EPA per play perspective, or a really good metric to look at it. Last year, his defense finished 15th. If Jones comes back, when you look at a lot of the sites that aggregate positional rankings, the DBs are expected to be top seven. The linebackers are expected to be top eight. The defensive line with Jones is the weak link, but it's still 13th. So you think about Patrick Mahomes and how great he's been. There's a crazy stat. Anytime quarterbacks, teams allow 28 points or more, Mahomes is 17 and 13. All the other guys are like 20 to 30% win range. It's an unbelievable stat that shows how great he's been. If Jones comes back and that D-line can be above average with these other pieces, this is a top 10 defense, which is a scary thing to think about. If Jones isn't there, this D-line, now with the suspension news as well at the other side of the line, is probably going to be like 23rd, 24th. 
which will kind of be the same situation we've seen. So just massive emphasis on this Jones deal getting done. Okay. Uh, our guy Lou Finacaro made the case for the win total under. Uh, he, he pointed On the this. Chiefs. Yeah, yeah, sorry. The Chiefs with the net rest disadvantage. How big is that to you and your handicap and looking at it? I think it's like five five times. They play a ton of teams off a of bye, and they're at the bottom in terms of the uh, net red rest disadvantage. I've seen it become really popular over the last couple of years. It's mentioned a lot more than I ever remember it being. So okay. there's certainly a lot of proof to show that that matters for a lot of teams. I think if there's a team that I was going to sort of degrade that a little bit from, it would be the Chiefs, considering Andy Reid being the best coach in the NFL, how great they are from a week-to-week game planning perspective. So I, I don't know how it would necessarily tie into the Chiefs specifically. He probably has a good reason. Uh, but for me, if if I was just thinking about it now with the Reed situation and managing that team, I'd maybe yeah. downgrade a little. And listening to your podcast, you you were high on the Chargers, at least with Kellen Moore now calling the plays and take, going from Lombardi to Moore and taking the shots down the field. Mitch loves Johnson, and I know you mentioned Allen has talked about uh, we're going deep and we're going to attack. Every, everything has been – you can't go a day without seeing a Chargers quote that says they're throwing deep, they're pushing it downfield. So Moore is certainly going to allow that a lot more. Let's see what happens with the running back situation, if they sort out the deal with the holdout with Eckler. Because you take him out of the equation, I think it encourages it even more to happen. And so it's a lot of 50-50 balls to Williams. Quinton Johnston's been the guy that everybody's saying now is in camp. You see the videos, the highlights. He's getting the 50-50 balls. Believe it or not, last year Herbert was 32nd in intended air yards per throw, which to me I can't get my head around sitting here eight months later out of the season that's absolutely 100% going to change this year. So you think about how that impacts props. You think that how it impacts game by game. The Chargers are going to be competitive in every game. And now there's this kind of new element to it where it's not sort of forced. It's just going to be within the game plan. So a really interesting team to watch. But still, I think, a level below the Chiefs. Okay. Yeah, your biggest question mark with the Broncos would be... Russell Wilson, is he finished? Or can he mm. bounce back? Or is it maybe like the overall depth of the team? I don't have a lot of concerns with the offense because of Sean Payton. I think he's going to get so much out of Wilson. I think he's going to get so much out of the skill guys, Judy and Sutton. And now Williams is off the PUP, and yep. he's going to be ready week one. So that's going to be just a perfect fit. He's kind of going to become the Kamara, if we think about Payton and the Saints. Not a, not a lot of questions, but just I think about the division, and it's like Mahomes is clear number one, Herbert's clear number two. The question is, can they be competitive with those teams? I think the answer is a, a strong no. But I have far fewer questions with the Broncos this year than I did last year by a mile. Okay. Any bets on those four teams in that division that you have? I have Herbert to lead the league in interceptions. That's right, yeah. So that I, I got that at 16-1, to 1, but the difference in this price is significant, book mm. to book. So keep an eye on that one. Um, other bets we have I on believe that you guys one. have the Raiders win total under. We have the – yeah, we – getting to the Raiders, everything Raiders under in every way possible. I, yeah. If you can find a way to bet the Raiders under or against them in any way uh, from a season-long perspective, take it. It's a mess. Would you take a shot on worst team in the league or are the Cardinals like that with a bullet? So I brought that up uh, within the group, and we've got Travis, who's brilliant with NFL. Um, he felt that it was priced correctly because of Arizona uh -huh. and how bad they're expected to be. And so I think maybe there's a little bit there. Um, but, yeah, Arizona's just 
I mean, you can't see much upside there anywhere. As bad as the Raiders are going to be, the Cardinals just could be a lot worse, which is hard to believe. Well, yeah, the tanking too. But this, we, we thought the Raiders were going to be bad. And then every report is Garoppolo looks terrible in practice. It's, it's Garoppolo looks terrible. Devontae Adams doesn't agree with the front office. Uh-huh. Josh Jacobs, yeah. uh, two weeks ago, was at the airport. Yeah. We don't even know where he is. Uh-huh. There's the league's leading rusher from a year ago. He's gone. There's no depth anywhere. I mean, there's so many things that can go wrong for the Raiders. It's one injury. It's a brutal schedule, and it's just yep. off the rails in a hurry. Yep. Okay. Uh, AFC South then. Paulie loves Jacksonville this year, thinks they have a chance to be last year's Eagles team. Are you there with them, or do you think maybe the Titans are going to push them a little bit in this division? I, I don't. I don't have any like strong case against the Jags, other than you think about what they did last year, how they got into the playoffs with those wins down the stretch. They finished so well. The offense was fantastic. The defense performed really well. But it's like, where do they improve from? Could the offense get a little bit a little bit better? Maybe because Ridley comes in and how good he's looked. Can the defense play a lot better? I think that's I think it's tough to get a lot more out of that defense. And so I think they're they're the best team within the division because there's so many other question marks elsewhere, but I just I don't know how much higher they go from where they were last year. But again, last year was good enough to get into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And then anything on the Texans at all, on the Colts, taking a flyer on Richardson or Stroud to be rookie of the year, anything like that? Uh, the Texans' offensive scheme with Bobby Slowick as the play caller is really interesting. Ryan's is that sort of Robert Salah Jr. in a way, that motivational coach I think works well with the young guys. So I think the Texans could be interesting to maybe threaten seven wins um, right at six and a half. So not a, not anything to make a bet on. Um, Colts-wise, let's see. Everyone loves the idea of Steichen because of what he did with Hertz coming in with Richardson. Everyone can see how that can work, but I mean, again, you have questions with Taylor. What's going to happen there? Oh, yeah. You have the ownership that's causing a lot of troubles. The offensive line's worse than it's been for the Colts in the last decade. So let's see what happens there. Not A lot more questions with those two uh, than I certainly have with the top two tit- Titans and Jags in the division. We'll continue with Adam Chernoff coming up next. We'll get into the NFC. Uh, how high is he on Philadelphia again this year? Is he expecting a Super Bowl hangover? We'll ask him next. This is Follow the Money on v Welcome in. Adam Chernoff in studio with us. Mitch Moss, Paulie Howard, live in downtown Las Vegas from the Circa Resort and Casino. Dynamite on the NFL. Uh, you've also helped create a new app with uh, Right Angle Sports. We have. So it's free media, free information on the NFL. A lot of my thoughts, a lot of thoughts about props, game previews. Uh, perfect for anyone who maybe you're busy during the day, you want to keep up with the NFL. If you've listened to the the podcast as well, it's kind of an extension of that is a good way to put it. And so it's the RAS app. You can search for it in the Apple store right now if you have an iPhone, and you'll get notifications based on what you like to follow within the NFL. If you see good information, you'll get more of it. Uh, it's all thoughts from us, uh, myself, as well as the pros in the betting group at Red Angle Sports. So it's in the Apple app store right now. It'll be out for Android very soon. I'll have an update on Twitter for that, but it's just RAS app in the Apple App Store. That and also the podcast is called The Simple Handicap. Before we get into the NFC, let's go back and put a bow on the uh, AFC South and your thoughts overall on the Titans. Because I know, was it like every week last year where you would tweet out, I think, or come on the show and be like, I just, I, 
how are the Titans doing this? I just, I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense. It's been like that for four years. And I, I know there's listeners of this show that always give me some trouble for how I talk about the Titans. And there's listeners of the shows that always give me trouble for how I talk about the Lions. Even two weeks ago, I was on with you guys and there was just inbox messages about how can you talk about the Lions like this? And how can you talk about the Titans? We'll get to the Lions. In regards to the Titans, the Hopkins news could have an impact if Rabel allows it to. And that's a goofy thing to say. Mm. But it's another internal hire at offensive coordinator. So they promoted Tim Kelly to be the play caller. The last three hires for Vrabel at OC have all been internal hires and promotions. And when you think about how they've had to sort of call plays, it's all been to support what Vrabel wants, which is conservative play calling, running the football, giving his defense a chance to have an opportunity to win the game in the fourth quarter. He just doesn't want games to get out of hand. And so you think about, okay, Hopkins is now in. It saves the worst wide receiver room, gives them a chance. But is he going to let Tannehill throw? And will Tim Kelly be allowed to do what he's saying in these offseason interviews? He wants to throw it. He's like, let's air it out. We have Hopkins. This is great. But Vrabel might still have sort of that cap on it. If it was an external hire, maybe I think different. But I think there's some limiting factors there. And then, like you said, Mitch, how many more hits can Henry take if he's asked to carry it 300 times? Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly right. With, by the way, now, maybe for the first time, looking at one of the worst offensive lines in the entire league blocking for Much worse. Much, much worse, for sure. Okay. um, Super Bowl hangover with the Eagles. Uh, We we talked about this team yesterday on the show. They might have one weakness, I think, going into the season. They might be at linebacker. Other than that, they're, like, loaded almost everywhere. If you're going to be weak at a position, linebacker is the one to be weak at in 2023 so that's maybe not too worried there Uh i don't think there's a hangover i think there's probably two teams in the league that are not named the philadelphia eagles that could go through losing an offensive coordinator a defensive coordinator other staffers as well and not have any sort of fall off or departure from it and so the eagles went through all of that all the fits so far have come off in interviews as being great. The fits were all great during the hiring process as well. So I think it's just sort of a seamless transition. The one thing that's obviously going to be different, much more difficult schedule. Like last year, I remember the lead up to the Super Bowl. It was like, well, the Eagles schedule was this. What is going to happen in the Super Bowl? Because it was so ridiculously easy. It's going to be much more difficult. But just just the way this team operates on a week-to-week basis, the game planning, the play calling, what you're going to see from Hertz within this scheme again, I, I think it just it gets better. Competition's going to bring that that win mark down for them this year relative to last year. But this is this is a great team. We mentioned, I agree. We mentioned this yesterday, though. They go Dallas, Kansas City, Buffalo, San Francisco, Dallas, Seattle, right in a row. Yeah, and yes. I mean, you you think oh. about the difference to last year was backup, backup, third string back. Like it's uh-huh. it's much different, but. This is a stacked team. Okay, earlier we previewed the Cowboys. I think they should go over their win total. Uh, probably maybe the third best team in the NFC. See what you think. But I, I think I know you pretty well. Uh, I don't think you like this McCarthy-Schottenheimer combo here with the play calling. Well, you guys said it right with the Pollard comments. Like, you take out Zeke from this and you put Pollard in, even if they run it a lot now, like, that's a big upgrade. across. Should be, yeah. A huge upgrade. So, I, I think... The idea of Schottenheimer coming in, and if there's going to be that run focus, which could have been Schottenheimer, could have been Carroll, what's that mix? Could McCarthy just push that? Certainly. But 
I, I don't mind Tony Pollard getting touches. So I think that's that's a good sort of step for the Cowboys. The one thing Schottenheimer's really pushed that's a difference from Moore is constant motion from his receivers. Not so much pre-snap, but in the routes that they run. Moore had a lot of these like hitch routes where guys would just be stopped on the field or it'd just be this huge sort of giant in for CeeDee Lamb across the field. But now with some new pieces in there, you have a lot of speed, you have the mix with Pollard. If there's this sort of change to these routes a little bit, there's a lot of potential for these guys to have a lot of space downfield, do a lot after the catch, which wasn't there. So it could be a really, really good offense. And so a step below the Eagles, certainly, but um, I'm not as not as down as maybe it was made out to be. Okay, okay so right. you've been on in the summertime, and uh, you told people about two guys that you like to win Offensive Player of the Year. One was Jerry Judy, probably in June sometime, maybe early July. The other one more recently was Nick Chubb. Pollard is the guy that I bet in, in mid-June. I just think there's a chance here for him to, to pop and have a career year and score a ton of touchdowns. Yep. I, I have no interest really in betting the MVP mark, market at this point. I would rather bet Offensive Player of the Year because I think the odds are better, and you can find you can make a case for a handful of guys. The MVP is going to be a quarterback. Just you got to find which guy it's going to be this year, and they're all priced around the same number. MVP is getting really tight at the top for quarterback. And I think, too, with Offensive Player of the Year, there's – like like you mentioned, as you go down, you can make a case for a lot more guys. What I find with the MVP market is you see somebody, say you take like a Nick Chubb, for instance, uh, way longer odds at MVP, but yeah. you just never even consider it because you're like, well, a quarterback's going to win it just because the way that the league is going. And so I don't know if they rename these awards at some point or they structured a little differently. But yeah, it's MVP's just QB dominated. Pretty much. Sure. Uh, you expecting most people I've heard uh, making a case for the Giants, it's to, it's to come back to the pack this year and not be a playoff team, and then for not to all you know win all these one score games. And it was a great story last year, but that's gonna go bye bye in 2023. Here's my rebuttal. Tell me if I'm crazy or not. Last year their win total was seven and a half. Yeah, and there was all this optimism. Nobody anywhere, I don't remember it, has said a bad word about Dable or said a bad word about Kafka. They're like, this is a great mm-hmm. coach. True. This is a great offensive coordinator. When teams hire a good coach and coordinator, usually good things happen for them in games, especially late in games in the fourth quarter. So there's all these off-season articles about how lucky the Giants were, how they won all these fourth quarter games and tight scoring games, and there's all these luck metrics, and all of that is going to reverse. My rebuttal is, well, that's what a good head coach and offensive coordinator get you to do. They usually win those games more so than bad coaches and coordinators. And the second thing is, the win total this year is seven and a half. So it's not like we're going from a team that was seven and a half last year with modest expectations to a team that's now nine and a half wins this year. And like that leap to exceed expectations is winning 10 games. We're asking the Giants to do what they did a year ago. And that good head coach and good coordinator and the quarterback that took a step, they're all still there. So. I get like people are saying they're going to take a step back because of all those numbers, but like, what are they taking a step back from when the expectations are the same? So I think we have to kind of taper that conversation a bit. Okay. And then you were on about a month ago, Washington under and maybe Rivera first coach fired. All the, not as like adamant as unders as I was with the Raiders, but Mm -hmm. we had the commanders under six and a half. We think Howell probably not ready. There's some QB back and forth. 
There's the Bienemy situation where he wants that head coaching job. Rivera on his way out. I mean, you're, you're a head coach in the league. You don't know you're eliminated from the playoffs in the final week of the season. Not good. And so it's not trending well there. So it's, it's all unders for the commanders for us. So odd for him to make that comment. He's won coach of the year, what, twice? Yeah. It, I, I mean, he's old. You're right. I, it's yeah. a bad thing to say, but like, come on. Man, what are, are you doing? There are some head-scratching things that take place in this league still with the head coach. I mean, you brought up Hackett earlier, and you've said that several times. I mean, oh, yeah. It was so obvious. That, that guy was so out to lunch last year. And when the home fans in Denver are counting down 5-4-3-2-1, I mean, it's <laughs> the just, worst. it's one of the worst looks yeah. ever, right? Yeah. And you want us to talk about worst looks, now he has the goatee that he's working on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's just, I mean, it's such, I can't imagine what it's like to be a head coach, but I think you you go, some of these guys, they go from offensive coordinator to head coach, the responsibilities overwhelm them. Let good coordinators stay good coordinators. Yep. I think we need less of these promotions from coordinator to coach, especially on the offensive side, the way the league is going. But I, I worry for Rivera here a little bit. I, I think this could be ugly for Washington. All right, up next, uh, more on the NFC. Uh, I'll ask you the same thing about the Vikings that we just went down with the Giants because okay. I think it's kind of, they're kind of similar this year going into the season. Who wins that division? And again, a team that you're uh, high on. You've been high on them the entire summer in the NFC. Find out who that is coming up next on Follow the Money. It's Visa, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future. Like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of Movie Phone. The studios didn't really control the theaters, the theaters didn't control the studios. And I thought, well, there's a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the industry. Or Kellen Kenny, Chief Marketing and Growth Officer at AT&T, who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar. It is so crucial that you spend time with the customers. That is the best lesson. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. This 
is Follow the Money on VSEN. All right, it's here. We have a game every weekend until February. Football season. No one knows football like VEASAN. Now's the time to become a VEASAN subscriber. Get our NFL and college football guides. Only VEASAN subscribers get all the tools to prep for the upcoming season. Best bets, win totals, division finishes, player awards, team profiles. Sign up today, $199. Both guides full access through the Super Bowl or $19 for your first month and see everything we have to up your betting game. VEASAN dot com slash subscribe join the network vcin.com slash subscribe adam Chernoff is in studio today uh he's awesome on the nfl he's a guest with us uh weekly throughout the football season he's in town for an event called bet bash here at uh, circa in downtown las vegas this week he's with right angle sports and his podcast is called the simple handicap does a great job with the podcast we're talking nfl with him all morning here so the same question here i think goes for the vikings that we just did with the Giants, and I think a lot of people could not wait to see where sportsbooks were going to open up the Vikings' win total yep. this year, and they were like, I can't, I'm going to bet it under no matter what, and then it pops up 8.5, and, and I think most people are like, that's ah, probably about the right number. Is there too much hate, though, for the Vikings? I think there absolutely is. Okay. And I, I think it's very similar to the Giants, like you talked yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. Um, same win total as a year ago. The difference, I would say, is two things. First of all, when you look at everything that the Giants got lucky in, the fourth quarter wins, the comebacks, the 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 one uh, the late game heroics and everything that came with it. The Vikings were like two to three times what the Giants did. There was an article that compared the two together um, from a network, and it was like stark in contrast. The second difference I would say though is, well, the Vikings have the best wide receiver in the NFL, Justin Jefferson. They just added another really good weapon in the draft, and so it's like. Yeah, it's easy to hate them because of what happened a year ago, but the expectations are the same. And you have some really, really good offensive weapons. The sort of kicker in all of this is what do we get from Kirk Cousins? Last year, the contract year, is it going to be a situation where he's trying to get one last payday of guaranteed money that he's stacked up throughout his entire career? Or is he just going out firing, hoping to have sort of a push with the Vikings again into the playoffs? So that's the big Question mark. Defensively, all-out gamble with Brian Flores. He's going to force a lot of pressure, be super aggressive. The defensive backs are going to be left on an island all season long. It's boomer bust for the Vikings. Massive variance with them that can go both ways. But, again, it's just, I, I can't just bet against them because of what happened last year. Your projected win totals in that division, the Vikings 8.06, the Lions 8.48, and the Packers and Bears both are 7.20 and 7.13 respectively. Do you agree with that? So, are, are, like, do you have any bets on the Lions? I know we've talked about this before, but what are your thoughts overall, the best team in this division? Uh, you kind of want to say it is the Lions. Now, they're at 9.5 now. Uh-huh. That is ticking up slowly, slowly, slowly as the Lions' help, uh, sort of hype continues to build. We'll see, we'll see what happens with the Lions. Could only look one way, and that's to the under. Haven't done mm-hmm. anything yet. Um, if I had to just bet... Anything right now, I haven't, but I would I would look for something with Minnesota overs just because of how sort of static that number has been and how much people like it. Haven't bet it, but that's that's where I would look within the division. Okay. Also, your as we move to the NFC South here, your projected total is a nine point six two on Atlanta on the Falcons. There we go. And so again, this is the team that you came on with us many months ago. I think it talked about Arthur Smith for Coach of the Year and why you like this team. 
But explain to us maybe a little bit of the background here in the process of getting on the Falcons at that number for their projected win total. Sure. So you mentioned a couple numbers. So we have a guy on the team, Travis, who's as smart as anybody in the industry. Um, brilliant in what he does. And a couple months ago, said, send over your ratings just from like a point spread perspective. So I have the teams 1 to 32 with the ratings. And he put it into a program and it shot out numbers for the win expectancy. And so... I sent over the Falcons as half a point better than an average team in the NFL. So I had them right around 15th, was high on the Falcons. Spits out 9.6 wins for Atlanta. So I go, how can, like, how are we getting to that number? But it goes to show how easy the schedule of opponents is for the Falcons, not just in the first 12 weeks, but the whole season long. And you look at how easy it starts for Atlanta. I've said this so many times, but that first 12-game schedule, it's easy now, but with so many question marks at quarterback throughout all of these teams, mm -hmm. with coaching changes, with coordinator changes, with just everything in this schedule ahead for the Falcons, this is a team that can get wins early. They can be very comfortable going into their late-season bye. This mm -hmm. just sets up so well for Atlanta Seven wins a year ago, I think they absolutely improve on that. So the one team within these 32 that's the outlier for me and standing out in a big way is absolutely Atlanta. We bet over eight and a half. We like them in the division. Everything pro Falcons for us this year. It's Carolina, Green Bay, Houston, Washington, and Minnesota all at home. And they're at Tampa and at Arizona. That's before the bye. So, like, you don't know who's going to be quarterback for the Cardinals. Could it be McCoy? Could it be Toon? Don't know who's uh -huh. going to be quarterback yep. for the Bucks. Is it going to be Trask? Is it going to be Mayfield? Packers, what has Jordan Love become? I mean, the Panthers are starting a rookie week one. The Jags, that one tough game on the schedule, uh -huh. that's a neutral game in London. Texans, who's is it Stroud? Is it going to be? Like, there's just so many questions. And the Falcons, I know people are going to, a pushback. Well, Ritter's a question mark, too. Absolutely. I was going to say, what if he can't play? Absolutely. Ritter's a, Ritter's a question mark. Our stance on this is because of the offensive pieces they have around them, because of the upgrades on defense, because of the continuity within Smith and the coaching staff and the play calling, we think if Ritter can be quarterback 19 or 20 in the league, that the Falcons still contend for 9 or 10 wins. We're not saying he has to be great. Just saying, if he's one of the, the the 20 best quarterbacks in the NFL, this team's going over. That's what we're asking. So I don't think any other team on that list in that sort of rundown I just mentioned, if they have a quarterback that's 20th, is competitive. I think there's just so many question marks in this schedule that the Falcons will do really well. Okay, you also have the in the NFC West, the 49ers with 9.54 wins. Um, where do you have that team compared to an average team in the NFL. Do you know top of your head? The Niners were rated much higher. So they were just below the Eagles uh, in the NFC for me. And that, again, shows the difficulty in schedule. So it's kind of the reverse. Mm -hmm. So you have all of these great pieces on the Niners. You have a loaded roster throughout. But you start to lay out the schedule, and it's tough opponent after mm -hmm. tough opponent after tough opponent. So it's one thing to have power ratings, and everybody has them. And it's fun to talk about from a week-to-week -week basis. But when you go to actually applying it within the schedule, you start to see, like, yeah, you might have this team rated a couple points higher than average or a couple points worse. But it's, it's a big difference when you project it out 
over the course of the season. So the Niners, a couple easy games to start, but after that, it gets really tough for them. Let's see what happens with Purdy. He's healthy, but there's, there's a lot of QB competition behind them. Usually is the case for the 49ers, um, but a couple question marks with this team for sure. I think to me that's uh, because I've been so high in the 49ers for, I don't know, the last four or five years. The thing that I can't wait to see play out this year is can Purdy really be that guy? I mean, or was he Mr. Irrelevant for a reason? But yet Kyle Shanahan is maybe the number one guy in the league that I would say, we're going to take a young quarterback. Go to San Francisco and let me see you work with Kyle Shanahan because I trust him, I think, probably more than anybody else. Yep, and he gets the full sort of training camp preseason with Purdy as well to work with. That was in doubt because of the injury for a while there. So we'll see what comes of that. A lot of pressure, though, on Shanahan this year. Like, if it's not another big year for Shanahan, if something goes a little bit wrong, all of a sudden this brilliant offensive mind that's this brilliant coach and this brilliant play caller, all those things are very true. But if it doesn't come through this year, like how many more years is he going to get to sort of work this out within this situation? So I think there's a, there's a ton of pressure on this Niners team, and they got to find a way to make Purdy work early in the season. You know what else I think we're going to find out this year in the NFL, and it's going to happen? The AFC is so good at the top, and they're so deep and so many good teams. You're going to get a, at least one good team, probably multiple, at a plus price to miss the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Maybe right now or throughout the season with updated odds. And I think it's going to be the exact opposite in the NFC because you have three. We all think we can agree on the top three teams in that conference, Philly, San Francisco, and Dallas. And after that, a ton of question marks. So you might get one, two, or three teams with plus odds to make the playoffs. You're like, oh, that came out of nowhere. How the hell did that happen? Well, it's because they play in the NFC. A perfect team that fits that example could very well be the Seahawks, depending how they start. Like That's a team where a lot of people think Geno's taking a step back. He was he was brilliant last yeah. year, and they added weapons. And so mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot of teams, I think you're right, that emerge like that, um, that become really interesting. It, it's as big of a disparity between AFC and NFC that I can ever remember. Yeah. Um, so it's certainly right. Yeah. Well, who knows? I mean, maybe you're, that Falcons angle, maybe they get two teams in the playoffs. This Maybe the Saints are good enough, and maybe, maybe the Falcons win enough games to get in as well. We'll continue here and follow the money. It's VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network with Adam Chernoff. Uh, typically, your sharpest move on season-long player props is to bet unders. However, sports books really adjusted this year, specifically on quarterbacks. Adam shares the details next. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.
If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.